It's good to be here with you. We consider this home away from home. And I walk in and see the welcome home sign. It's like, yep, that fits. I, I, I'm just as at home here as I am probably anywhere. So always good to be able to come and uh, share some thoughts with you folks. I'm excited about the new series you're going to be starting next week. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, this Sunday is kind of a free Sunday. I get to talk about anything I want to. So I'm going to talk about seasons today. Uh, this this one-part message on the importance of seasons in our lives, the importance of uh, us living through seasons and what we do with those seasons, how we live our lives through different seasons. Kind of want to talk about that today. And so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into this uh, from Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. We have kind of my, my verse that I want to launch from today. And it just simply says this, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. Now, this was a promise from God to Noah and to the earth after the flood. And after the flood had been completed, and God said that he's not going to destroy the earth again with water. But he gives this promise. As long as the earth endures, there's going to be this seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and, and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Um, all of these things will continue on. And so it's a promise from God that there would be seasons. And so it, it occurs to me as I think about that, that God, for some reason, God saw that seasons are important, that the earth itself needs to have seasons. Um, when we talk about these, these seasons, it all indicates a natural flow of time. And we go from one season to the next. And I think, you know, when, when we look at it from, from an Iowa perspective especially, we definitely have our four seasons here, don't we? I mean, it's, we have a drastic swing between summer and winter of maybe 100 plus degrees in the summer and 30 or 40 below in the winter. I mean, that's a big, that's a big swing. We have our, our seasons, um, and they're pretty, I mean, they're, they're pretty well, I mean, you kind of know when you're in summer, you sweat a lot right? And you know when you're in winter because you're cold a lot. And, and fall and spring are, are unique seasons as well. And it, some people say in Iowa, we have two seasons. We have winter and road construction, um, which I think is pretty accurate. Or maybe here in Iowa City, you have two seasons. You have football season and waiting for football season. Um, not really sure. But at least, you know, when we think about this idea of, of seasons, we realize that an eternal God created time for us. To God, time doesn't exist. God is eternal. Without time is what literally eternal means. We talk about going to eternity. Eternity is without time. You can't measure it. Um, there's an old hymn that says, when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. The, the idea that eternity is timeless. We have an eternal God who is timeless. But look what it says in Genesis 1.14. God said, let, this is in creation, right? God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And check this out. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Now, if you break down that verse, what God is really saying is, let's create time. We're going to create something that will be signs and seasons and days and years. And so he creates the sun and the moon or from the creation story. And we know how this all works, right? The earth rotates and it revolves around the sun. <clears throat> but when God created this, he said this would be a way of measuring time, that he would give us a way to measure time so that we could measure our lives. And from that time, of course, comes seasons. Seasons come and go, and every day of our lives is lived in a season, 
right? We've been living in the season of summer for several, a few months now, and um, I, we're just talking with someone in the, in the back here during our discussion about our Labor Day plans, and just talking about, you know, it gets to this point of summer, I'm ready for a, a change. I'm not ready for winter. I'm noticing the older I get, <clears throat> the less I like cold. Anybody else with me on that? <clears throat> Excuse me, you don't have to be really old. I'm not old. But the older I get, what? The older I get, the more I realize how much I dislike being cold. I just don't like it. It used to be my wife was always cold and I was always hot. Now it's something switching here. And I'm colder than she is most of the time now. And um, it's just not a, a pleasant time for me. But the coming of a, a new season always kind of sparks something in us of hope or, you know, something changing, something coming along. And I just think it's appropriate as we're sitting here today, this is Labor Day weekend. It's kind of the unofficial end of summer, right? Kids are back to school. Routines are kind of back going again. And this is like the, the unofficial end of summer. Summer's not quite over yet, according to the, the calendar, but it's kind of like the last big weekend of the summer. And, and again, you know, the we think about these seasons, the earth is always being prepared for the next season in the current season. And that's something I, I want us to think about for a moment. If you think about the long dormant winter, um, let's just talk about here in Iowa, the ground sits dormant for a while and the snow comes and it kind of packs the ground a little bit. But the ground is getting ready for the spring, the moisture of the snow and the cold actually is preparing that, that soil in the spring to be tilled up again, the seed to be planted again. And planting season is an exciting season for farmers and they're anxious, always anxious to get out and plant, right? And if the, the rain slows them down a little bit, it's, you know, we need to get out there, we need to get in the field. And <clears throat> excuse me, I know several back. So I know several farmers and uh, that, that springtime, that planting season, always get really anxious to get out there and get that seed in the ground. Got to get the seed in the ground. That's what happens in the spring, right? But that's preparation for what's going to happen in the summer. You got to get the spring in the ground in the, in the, or the seed in the ground in the spring because during the summer, it needs that heat and the moisture and the time to begin to grow and produce. And the summer is preparing for the fall, which is the big event for farmers, right? The harvest. And you go in, you get the crops out, and then you cut everything down until the ground again. It goes back into a dormant stage in winter, and that cycle just keeps repeating itself over and over and over. And so we realize that every season... Um, is a preparation for, for the next season that's coming. However, these concepts of season don't just apply to the earth and what the earth goes through, but it also applies equally to the human life journey. We all go through seasons in our own lives too, right? It's not necessarily four seasons or seasons that repeat, but we go through seasons of time. And just as I said, we live every one of our days in some climatic season, we also live all of our days in some season of life. And um, when we look at seasons of life, I mean, we could break it down any number of ways. I, I read an author not too long ago by the name of Eric Thurman. He broke life down into three seasons. You have uh, what he called childhood, which would be infant through adolescence. So you have childhood, then you have adulthood, and then you have what he calls the, three, the third season. Uh, the, the third season would be that season after perhaps after work, after a person retires from work, or uh, they change from their, what we might consider the most productive years to the years where they take more rest or, you know, have less to do. 
um, in these three basic seasons, but even the seasons within them have seasons. I mean, if you just break it down to three seasons, childhood has the season of infancy and, and toddler and all these. I mean, an infant is very different than an adolescent, right? Um, as people grow even through the seasons, things change in their lives. And we all experience these things. The early adulthood is different than later adulthood. Early adulthood, you know, you're working your careers and maybe having children and raising small children. And then you go through that season of working hard and raising the kids. And the kids are getting older and they're going to school. And then eventually the kids are out of the house and you're in that empty nester season, but you're still working. And this is all part of what you know, we might call that second season of adulthood. So we go through seasons in our lives as well. And um, those seasons are very real. I mean, they're very real seasons. And as I'm talking about some of these, you may relate to, to some of them. Maybe you're in the college season or young adult season or young married season or whatever. Or maybe you're in the retired, that third season of life, which can be a great time, I hear. I'm not there yet, although I have to, I should just tell you this. Um, <clears throat> so my, my full retirement age is 66 and four months. I hit that 66 and four months on Friday. So I'm not, yeah, right? So uh, never, I mean, when I, was, when I was back in my 70s, I've told you the story before, my wife and I came out of the 70s and the drug culture and all that. I didn't think I'd live past 40. I didn't know, even know if I'd see 30 back in those days. So to get 66 and four months is kind of a big deal. Um, although it's not, not really something I feel like celebrating, to be honest. But I guess the only option, I mean, you either get older or what's the other option? die, right? So I guess I'll just keep getting older as long as I can. But my point in all this is just simply this. God is always preparing us in the current season for our lives in the next season. And so we might want to just be thinking about that, asking ourselves, so what season of life am I in and what is God preparing me for? I don't know what the next season's like. We never know exactly what the next season is like for our lives. We know that as we come out of summer, we have a pretty good idea of what fall's like, right? Um, if you have a yard with a lot of trees, Follows cleanup time. You, know, you get all the leaves raked up and everything, right? Um, we never we we know what that fall season is like. We know what winter season is like. But in life, we don't necessarily know what season is next. We doesn't we don't know what's around the corner or what's coming for our lives. But here's the fact: God is always preparing us in the current season for our lives in the next season. Just as the earth is constantly being prepared for the next season. Our lives are as well. And everything we learn, I mean, if you go back, we won't walk this all the way through, but if you go back, the infants learn to start crawling, right? And that's preparing them for the walking season, which lasts for a very long time. And then the, the learning season. I never want to stop learning. I want to be a lifelong learner. Uh, every year I set goals to learn new things, to learn certain things about various things in life. And uh, I, want, I want to keep learning because I, I don't think the learning season for me anyway, I don't want it to stop. But God's always preparing us for what's next. And sometimes we get anxious for the next thing. People get really excited about becoming empty nesters or really excited about be retiring. Or, you know, high school students, I think it's really funny, high school students get really excited about graduating from high school so they can work the rest of their lives. Or graduating from college, right? Yeah, I'm graduating from college. Now I work 60 hours a week for the rest of my life. Woohoo! That's exciting, right? Not so much. But we always get excited about that next season. Stores do the same thing. Um, you know, they start getting the, the, the seasonal clothing in, you know. And <clears throat> my wife likes to shop at Hobby Lobby. I don't know if I should mention stores. My, life, my wife likes to shop at a certain store. The cat's already out of the bag at this point. Anyway, it seems like they push the seasons a little bit. Is the Christmas stuff on sale yet? 
It's got to be getting close if it's not, right? They really push the seasons. They get excited about that next season and getting the stuff and realize they don't have enough stuff to store everything and it just comes when it comes, so they've got to get it out there, right? But seasons come in their own time. Sometimes we get excited about them. Sometimes we hold back. But I wanted to just share with you this verse in Ecclesiastes that really speaks to this idea. And here's what it says. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. So again, our lives go through seasons, and we don't always understand what's happening. I could just give you like a a really quick little synopsis of some events in my life. At the age of 12, I decided I wanted to learn how to really play guitar and wanted to play rock and roll. The monkeys were my my idols back in those days. Anybody know the monkeys? Hey, hey. We're the monkeys, right? Um, And and I wanted wanted to play rock and roll, which I did for, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe dozen years or so, but I believe what was happening is God was really preparing me to be a worship leader and to worship him with music, even though at the time I wasn't thinking about that, but there came a season when the whole concept of my music began to change, and, uh, you know, we began to play, I began to play and and worship God with that. Um, There were times... um, as an associate pastor, that God was preparing me to be a lead pastor. There were, there were times uh, through that period of time when I was a lead pastor, God was preparing me to be a, an associate again and to teach the college class that I teach. It was mentioned earlier in the introduction. And we have the child-raising season. We went through the child-raising season. We got to the point where we were empty nesters. And now we're in one of my very favorite seasons, grandpa, grandma season. Uh, grand, grandchildren are just great. Um, it's often been said that if we'd known how great grandkids were, we would have had them first. Uh, just bypass the whole parenting thing, you know, because grandkids, you can have fun with them and send them home. There's somebody else's responsibility. Um, but that's not quite the way it works. But, you know, we go through these, these different seasons. There's really nothing I can say about how great grandparenting is. But churches go through seasons as well. You know, we have been at New Covenant now for, since 1985, Pastored, senior pastor until 2017 when, when our son took over and I became his associate. So uh, what is that, 85? We're talking 37 years. <clears throat> and I've watched, we've watched that church go through multiple seasons during those years and transitions through those years. Um, I remember the, uh, some of the earlier years when every Sunday was a suit and tie, and I'm so glad that's over. This is much more comfortable. But that, that's just one little thing. But there's seasons of, of perspective of ministry, seasons of how ministry is done. Um, nobody saw the, the pandemic coming, but that threw the, the church worldwide, it threw the world into a season that was unexpected. And, and there was no, I mean, there was really no game card for that. There was no way of knowing what to do or how to handle that season. We all just walked through it the best we could and listen to whatever voices we believed were telling us what we needed to know and kind of walk through that and still are to some extent. We're still seeing, of course, residue from that. And as I think about that, we'll get to individuals here in a moment, but as churches go through seasons, and I believe that infused church is right around seven years old now, right? So that's that's a good season of time. I think about seven, that was the number of days in creation with the day of rest. And there's something very foundational about that, that idea of seven. It's been a great season for Infuse. I believe that, and if you agree with me, just give me some kind of a little amen or a shout or maybe let's try to raise the roof again. But I believe Infuse is coming into a, a, an even better season, the greatest season ever. I do. I really believe that's happening because God's always preparing us in one season for what's happening in the next season. And he's teaching us, I think all of us today in the body of Christ to be 
uh, connected to one another, to encourage one another, strengthen one another, because in the seasons to come, uh, we need to be here. We need to be strong for those that God's going to send to us that need that kind of, of support and companionship and people to stand with them. So for everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And in Ecclesiastes, the, the writer of Ecclesiastes then goes to break this idea down of for everything, a season and a time, and he breaks it down to 15 different like tensions that we have in life. He talks about, I won't go through all of them, but he talks about like there's a time to be born and a time to die, right? And you know what? Every one of us are living in the between space between those two things. The time to, born, to be born was a while ago. For some of us, quite a while ago. For others of us, a long, long time ago. And the time to die, that hasn't happened yet, right? But we're believing that's going to be pushed out there. Like, you, know, you already know I'm 66 years old. I'm going to be hitting midway through my life here pretty quick. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, but there's a time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to reap. Uh, and that concept of sowing and reaping, we hear about that a lot. You know, what you sow, you reap. And there's a time to plant. There's a time to harvest what has been planted in our lives. A time to break down and build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. And it goes through all of these different ones and a time to keep silent and a time to speak. I don't know about you, but there have been times that I've spoken and then wished I'd have kept silent. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or sometimes I think we feel comfortable saying things on Facebook or online or on social media that we wouldn't necessarily say in public, but then we have to ask ourselves, is this really, is this really a time to speak? There have been so many times that I've wanted to respond to things in a way that might, I think might bring some correction to something that somebody had to say on social media, and I think, you know what, just leave it alone, just move on. We've got enough division in our world the way I look at it. Don't necessarily need to create more. Some seasons are less enjoyable than others. Like I said, I don't really enjoy being cold. We don't like going through challenging times. Uh, my wife and I, right after we came to Christ back in 1979, uh, we decided to start a family, and we lost our first son. He only lived for uh, a few weeks. And that was, a, that was a rough season for us, but God taught us in that season to really trust him. And I think my faith was greater. We were young Christians. I think my faith was greater in that season uh, than probably it has been since then because we just really, we really believe, we really hunkered in that God was with us through that process. But I also think it maybe prepared us to be better parents in another season and, and to have more hope and faith perhaps. And we've been able to talk with so many people, couples, individuals who've gone through a similar thing and lost a child. And we've been able to come around them and support them and give them encouragement and help them grow their faith in the process. Uh, because in that season, we learned some things that God could use in the next season. So whatever we go through, you might be sitting here today thinking, man, I'm going through a tough season. Or maybe you're saying, I'm, you know, I'm in a really good season right now. Things are really good in my life. And that doesn't mean you should be concerned that that's all going to fall apart and things are going to get bad. But we just go through different seasons. And in those seasons, God's preparing us for something. So what are some things that we can do no matter what season in life we're in? Because there's a season for everything, a time for every matter under heaven. What can we do during those seasons where uh, maybe we're struggling a little bit, or we don't know which way to turn, or we don't know exactly what to do, or maybe the seasons that are really good and, and really great, what do we do during that period of time? just want to give you a few thoughts on that today. So the first one is in Romans chapter 12, verse 11. This is the New Century version of the Bible. And uh, I just like this. No matter what season we're in, don't be lazy. In other words, stay focused on living your life. Stay focused on being part of the human 
gathering. Stay focused on being uh, someone who contributes to the lives of others and makes a difference in the world. Don't be lazy, but work hard serving the Lord with all your heart. Be joyful because you have hope. I just think that's a great verse. In every season, we should be energized. Our lives should be full of energy in every season. Um, as you're sitting here today, as you're thinking about, you know, whatever season you might be in in life or where you might be going, what may, might be happening next in your life, be energized. Be energized in who you are. Be energized as an individual that your life counts. God created you. He put you here for a reason. And whether you believe that or not, God's hand on your life and the fact that you're living today is proof that God has a plan for you. Don't coast. You know, something I've learned is you can't coast uphill very long. Y'all catch that? You can't coast uphill for very long. And life is a journey, right? And through that journey, we, we, we don't want to spend much time in the valley, but the only way to get out of the valley is to, get, is to start climbing, to get up on the mountaintop. Valleys in our lives are those struggles, those tough times. And by the way, the worst thing you can do when you're going through a valley is stop moving because then you're stuck there. But if you keep moving, eventually you go up a hill and you're up on another mountain and things are good again. And we got to keep moving. And when you think about that idea, we can't coast uphill. We have to put our hands to the plow and do something with it. In Ecclesiastes, I don't have a verse for this on the screen, but in Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Whatever your hand finds to do, whatever you're doing, whatever season you're in, whatever life has handed you at this moment, grab a hold of it with all your might, give it all you've got, and let your life be poured into your life. Let your life be poured into you and the people around you in the season that you're in. It's never a time to hold back, but to focus instead on serving the Lord. I think those three words, serving the Lord, kind of comes down to God's plan for every season of our lives, that we look at in this season, how can I effectively serve God? What can I do that would, that would serve God? And when it sounds kind of strange, serving God, does God really need to be served? When, when we talk about serving God, we're really talking about serving his people, about making a difference in the lives of people. Jesus broke down the Ten Commandments into two really simple commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The way we prove that we're loving God is by loving one another. The way we serve God is by serving one another, by letting our lives count for the people around us. And even those people who are not like us, and this is the other thing that I, I see and hear a lot of in the body of Christ in the church, is just the, there's just a lot of division between us and them and the way we think and the way they think and what we believe and what they believe and what we want and what they want. And it, it creates this, this us-them mentality that creates kind of a, almost an antagonistic um, kind of a perspective of life. And I remember Jesus, and we read in the scriptures that Jesus hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them. There's not us and them, there's just them. We're all them. We're all the thems that Jesus chose to forgive from the cross. We receive that forgiveness. He makes us part of, of his kingdom. And we have to look at those who are different than us or those who are maybe not part of his kingdom as people that he loves. I like to say it this way. You'll never look into the eyes of someone that God doesn't love. You'll never read the name of someone that God doesn't love. And so we can join in that, that same journey and serve the Lord by choosing to love those who are not like us. And then it says to be joyful. I, I really think that God's people should be the most joyful people on the planet. I want you to look at somebody, give them the most joyful face you got. 
Go ahead, it won't hurt. Go ahead, give them the most joyful face you got. Wow, that was pretty good. Be joyful. There's a scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in every season, we need to be joyful because that gives us strength for that season. When our youngest son moved out, my wife and I were new empty, empty nesters, and our, our youngest son was noisy. Uh, you know, boys tend to be like that. But this one was really noisy. He played drums, he played trumpet, he played guitar. Um, he was just constantly making noise. And uh, mu music, I should say. He's constantly making, but it was just, the house was, the house just always had sound in it, you know? And he'd be down in the basement, I'd hear him banging on the drums, and 30 seconds later, he's playing guitar, and it's like, man, the kid's just going constantly, you know? And he'd have friends over, and it was just always noisy, and then he moved out, and it's like, we could hear the crickets in the house. And it was so quiet. For the first couple of weeks, my wife and I, we, we didn't even like to be home. We just, let's just not be home. Let's just go do something else, you know, get out of the house. Let's go make some noise somewhere ourselves or do something. And, and then, after, then after a few weeks, we kind of, kind of got in this routine of, you know, this is kind of fun, actually. <laughs> kind of feel like we're kids again. We're all on our own. We can do whatever we want. Get up at midnight and go eat pie if we want to. We don't, but we could if we wanted to. You know, we can do whatever we want to. And we kind of, we kind of got used to that. And our son came home from college that first summer, uh, you know, for the summer. And he's here a couple weeks. And it's like, isn't it time for you to go back? You're kind of cramping our style a little bit, you know. You kind of you fall into those seasons. But my wife and I, we chose. We're going we're gonna to enjoy every season that our kids, our kids are in. Every, every season of life, we're gonna embrace it, we're gonna enjoy it. We heard people saying, oh, you know, I can't wait till my kids get out, of the, get out of the house. And we're just like, nah, we're not gonna be like that. We're just gonna enjoy this season while they're here. Once they get out of the house, they're gonna be gone for a long time. Although the boomerang child is kind of a thing now. Um, you know, coming back home and, and living and whatnot. But best case scenario, they should move away and just be gone, right? Be joyful. I don't even know why I got on that. It was a bunny trail. We're back. Be joyful because you have hope. Does anybody have hope in here today? If you, if you just look at what's going on in our world, you can lose hope pretty quick. But if you, lift your, if you lift your eyes up and you look at the God who loves us, who knows everything that's going on in the world and has the answer for every situation and every challenge and every season, it creates hope. And that hope creates joy when a farmer plants a seed, he's expressing hope. He's expressing faith that the harvest will follow in another season. Having a sense of mission, having a sense of purpose, serving the Lord, being joyful, having hope, not being lazy, working hard, these things, this is, it's kind of like us sowing seeds in this season, believing that there's going to be a harvest in the next season. I hear people talk about how, you know, how much the world's changing and how concerned they are for, you know, their grandkids or why would anybody bring children into this world? I look at it and say, these grandkids, my grandkids, our kids, it's the, it's the hope for the future. This is the best of what the future can become. We can instill into them the values of what it means to love God and to serve God. And I believe our future can be even better than our current time. Are things going to change? Absolutely. Things are going to change. They always have. They always will. We can't stand back and scream at the change. All we can do is look at how can I not be lazy, work hard, serve the Lord, be joyful, and have hope, even in the midst of these challenges, that God's up to something good. A few more verses. Galatians 6, 9, and 10 says this. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right. For every season in our lives, folks, we can do this. Don't grow weary in doing what's right. We'll reap at harvest time if we do not give up. 
You know, if that farmer gets out there and starts planting and he's got 180 acres and he plants 10 acres and just decides, no, it's just too much work, I'm done. He's not going to have much of a harvest in the fall, is he? If we, if we plant the seed, if we do the hard work, let us not grow weary in doing what's right, for we'll reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever you have an opportunity, let's work for the good of all, and especially those of the family of faith. Do what we can wherever, wherever we can. It's like sowing seed. And that's exactly what this verse is saying. When we serve other people, when we make a difference in other people's lives, we're sowing seed, seed of hope, seed of joy, seed of peace into this world to bring about a harvest in another season because we're always looking to the next season. If it seems like you're in a challenging or difficult season right now, don't get weary. I know it gets tiring sometimes. Don't get weary. Don't get tired Keep doing what's right. Keep looking for ways to serve because there is a harvest coming and that harvest will be in proportion to what we serve, to how, to how we serve and how we plant the seed. Check this out, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Doesn't matter what season you're in, Jesus is the same. His love is the same. His grace is the same. His compassion is the same. His, his mission is the same. His mission is to love this world and to make a difference through our lives in the world that we live in. Jesus is the same. His mission remains the same. What he desires to do is the same forever, or another way of saying that would be in every season. In every season, God is with us. Jesus is with us. Let me go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Here's another little passage on that. God has given them a desire to know the future. We, we do kind of want to know the future, don't we, sometimes? That's why a lot of the ecclesiologists or the people who talk about the end times, um, eschatologists, excuse me, talk about the end times, they sell a lot of books because people are interested. What, what's that about? What's going to happen? We're, we're intrigued about what's going to happen in the future. It says he's given them a desire to know the future. He does everything just right and on time. That's our God. But people can never completely understand what he is doing. We never understand in the current season exactly what we're ha what's happening or what we're going through. We look back on it and we say, oh yeah, I see where God was with me in that. I see where God took me through that, the old footprints in the sand thing, right? That I see where God picked me up and carried me through that thing. Now, I didn't see it at the time, but when you look back, you see that God's with us in every season. And so we have this desire to know what's the next season. Well, we may not know. All we need to know is this that if we continue to sow seed, God does everything just right and on time, even though we don't always understand it. We don't always see it. We can always trust him. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Here's what I want to tell you. In every season, we can be assured that God's plan for us has never changed. It's always been what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. And, and you know, you can't, you can't just take this verse and just slap it on Christianity and say, this is, this is a verse about what God's saying. But it does reveal to us something about God's character and his nature. When he says, I know what I'm doing. How many, how many of you believe that God always knows what he's doing? Anybody? He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hoped for. Jesus said it this way, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Call on me and I'll be there, right? Ask anything in my name, he said, and you'll have it. I mean, that's, pretty, that's pretty great stuff. I think it shows us an aspect of God's heart for his people, that he knows us, he knows everything about us, and he wants us to be blessed. He'll take care of us in every season. 
He won't abandon us, but he'll take what we do in that season and he'll use it for a harvest in the next season. So no matter what season you're in, just keep planting the seeds of serving God, of loving him, of reaching out to your neighbor. Plant seeds of hope and faith and love and grace. And those are the kind of harvests that will come in the future. Here's my last verse. We're gonna close with this. In Ecclesiastes 11.1, and we've talked about, a lot about Ecclesiastes today. Ecclesiastes 11.1, be generous, invest in acts of charity. Charity yields high returns. The call of God in our lives in every season is to look at ways we can invest our lives in making the world around us and the people around us better, to bring comfort, to bring hope, and to bring peace. So whatever season you're in today, it's a good season, and God's preparing you for an even better season. If it feels like a season of struggle, if it feels like a season of challenge, if you're going through things that you'd just rather not go through, don't become weary, hunker down. Let God use this season to prepare you for what's going to happen in the next season of your life. If this is a great season, celebrate it. Thank God for the great season and continue to do the same things. Continue to sow seed and make a difference because the next season will be even greater because that's what God does. He prepares us in one season for the next season. I'd like to take a moment to pray with us this morning. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you for Infused Church. I thank you for those that have come today, those who are watching online today. I thank you that there is... Uh, a season for all things and a time for every matter under heaven. And we thank you that as we are in this season today, that you allow us to focus our attention on your love for us and your grace toward us. Use us in this season, however you can, whatever season we're in, use us to make a difference. Use us to invest your love in the world around us. And we thank you that you've been with us in every season and you will continue to do so. I bless this church. I bless the season that it's in, the season that it's about to enter into. Bless Pastor, Pastor Taylor and Stephanie. I bless the leaders of this house, the members of this congregation, and those who will come and be part of this congregation in the next season. Speak your blessing over them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.